Hello and welcome into another edition of the Fantasy Football Pod with Nick and Cody. Heading into week seven of the football season here. Uh, coming at you with our Thursday night football preview, Cody. I don't know about you, but I can't believe it's already week seven. We're nearing the midway point in the year, which is just crazy to me. Seems like it's flying by pretty quickly. Uh, how are you doing on this uh, fine Wednesday afternoon, Cody? Uh, I am doing good. Halfway through the work week, so you know at this point you can kind of see the weekend on the horizon. Obviously, got Thursday night football tomorrow, which makes makes it a little bit easier as well. So uh, I'm doing pretty good, and yeah, I, I shared the opinion with you. It's it's crazy. We're already in week seven. Uh, you know, you're getting excited for playoffs, but then you also realize that uh, time without football is sadly approaching as well <laughs> after these next couple of months. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it as it is. And, you know, Thursday night football after a, after a rough couple weeks may actually have a somewhat of an interesting game. So that, that'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, I think this one could kind of go either way, uh, but definitely has better prospects than the, the last few weeks have coming into it. So hopefully we get an entertaining one at the very least. Uh, starting out, uh, before we head to the Thursday Night Football preview, I want to get to the uh, news and injury stuff that uh, we do have available to us. Obviously, a lot of it comes out uh, on Wednesday, so we won't see a lot of it until we do our week, our full Week 7 preview uh, later uh, in the week here. But what we do have so far, I'll get to. Uh, we talked about this on our Week 6 review, Marquise Brown. Uh, his foot injury has been confirmed as a... It looks like he's going to miss six to eight weeks, so uh, not the season ender that we thought originally, but basically is for fantasy purposes, to be honest. Uh, I think that it looks like you wouldn't get him back until the fantasy playoffs, and you're probably not going to be comfortable starting him until you know he shows you something, so really doubt Marquise Brown is going to give you much the rest of this year for fantasy purposes. If you have an IR spot, go ahead and hold on to him, but otherwise uh, you can drop Marquise Brown. Um, Chris Olave off the injury. Sorry, Cody, did you want to say anything about that? Or um, no, I you nailed it with that last part. Just don't let Marquise Brown be a cluster, uh, roster clog, especially as we start kind of making these playoff pushes. Yeah, unless you're in a dynasty or keeper setting, and like I said, unless you have an IR course, spot, yeah. uh, you have no reason to hold on to Brown, especially because the the Cardinals traded for Robbie Anderson, which is the next news bit that I'll get to. Um, looks like they, you know, reacted pretty quickly to that Marquise Brown injury, uh, traded a couple late round picks in future years to the Carolina Panthers for Robbie Anderson. Uh, I thought it's a little surprised they didn't just let him get cut by the Panthers after the outburst that he had on the sideline, but I guess they did not want to risk losing the, uh, you know, the bidding war for him on the, uh, on the open market there after losing Brown. So we'll see if Anderson can replace, uh, Marquise to any, uh, sort of degree here, uh, for the Cardinals. Chris Olave off the injury report. Good to see. Looks like he is good to go for Thursday night. Um, and then Miami is optimistic. Jalen Waddle will play this weekend. Had a little bit of an injury scare with that shoulder towards the end of the game. That's uh, really all of the concrete stuff I have for injuries. Again, I kind of want to let uh, the Wednesday practice reports play out, and we will get to more of a uh, extensive injury report on uh, our Week Seven preview when we do the full one on uh, Thursday or Friday. Cody, anything uh, you want to get to about these uh, news and notes here, or do you want to just uh, move on to our buy, sell, or hold segment? Yeah, it's, uh, I think a lot of these are kind of Thursday night football related, so we'll kind of hit on them again when we do our preview. Yeah, uh, but that point. is good news for Waddle. Um, as we kind of said in our in our uh, re- or recap episode, Waddle's pretty much an every week play at this point, no matter the quarterback situation, as long as he's healthy. So he should be uh, back in your lineup, it looks like, for sure. 
yeah, and I think if you were trying to stream uh, Mike Kosicki this week as a tight end option, you probably want to look somewhere else with Jalen Waddell on the field. I think that was the only way I'd be comfortable playing him. Um, we're going to do a little buy, sell, or hold segment with uh, a few guys from each position here that I thought were kind of interesting conversations coming into this week. Uh, and then we're going to get to the Thursday night stuff after that. But, Cody, starting out with the quarterback position, we have a couple AFC North guys. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Obviously started out scorching hot this year. Uh, three straight really good weeks to begin the year. He's come. He's had three somewhat disappointing weeks. Hasn't really killed you, but has not been quite as good as he was to start the year off. Uh, missing his number one wide receiver for a large portion of it, I think, has had a lot to do with it. But uh, I think if you can get Lamar Jackson for maybe a little less than you would have had to pay for him after his torrid start, I would be in on it. I, I really just you know like the situation that he finds himself in. Looks like this offense is going to have to really be, you know, on his shoulders for much of this year. And I think he could be a league winner for you down the stretch, maybe getting a slight discount on him coming off the back of uh, three slightly disappointing leagues. Yeah, if you can get him for at, at any kind of a discount, 100% do that. But if I'm the Lamar Jackson owner, I am not selling him for anything less than the overall QB2 value, whatever that is to you. Um but, yeah, if you can find someone that's low on him, go go try and get Jackson. He's definitely a potential league winner, and he can immediately turn his value around um, on any given week. So I, I, if you want Lamar Jackson and the guy who owns him is a little bit low on him, go now because he could explode for 40 points this week, and then his value shoots right back up to you know, kind of where I see him at. So I would, I'd make the move now if you can, but I think it would be pretty tough. Yeah, I think if you don't, have, if you, unless you have Jalen Hurts, uh, Josh Allen, or Patrick Mahomes, you should be just at least checking in with a Lamar Jackson owner to kind of see what their temperature is on him. Maybe you get someone that's a little worried about these last three weeks and kind of the inconsistency yeah. he showed the past years in, uh, you know, just in general. But uh, you're right. I yeah, think- if you could take a, a Herbert or this next guy we're going to talk about and, you know, maybe an additional ancillary piece and go get Lamar Jackson, I would 100% do that because. They may, they may like the outlook on, you know, a, another higher-level quarterback more than Lamar, but I, I just don't see it that way personally. Uh, this one is another interesting conversation in my mind. That's Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati really kind of changed the way they ran their offense last week. It was pretty encouraging if you're a Burrow owner. Uh, they only took two snaps out of uh, uh, under center. One of them was a kneel down at the end of the game. Uh, and, you know, the rest of the time they were in shotgun, which is obviously going to be good for the quarterback. They threw it a ton. Burrow actually got uh, involved in the rushing game a little bit more than he has been, and he ended up with four touchdowns on the day, all told, uh, as well as 300 yards through the air. So I think you could, you know, spin this as a potential breakout for Joe Burrow, like a lot of people were expecting coming into this year, or, you know, obviously one-game samples should always be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt. We've kind of seen more of a run-heavy attack from Zach Taylor in years past. So uh, I don't know where you stand on Joe Burrow. I'm probably more in the hold category than either buy or sell with him right now. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of with you on the hold category. I wouldn't mind selling him if you can get, um, you know, pretty good value back on him coming off of a pretty big week did he finish as the qb1 last week i i think he may have um, um I think depending on format so. yeah i think it was either him or matt ryan depending on format but uh yeah i think i think joe burrow was qb1 in most formats 
Yeah, so if you can sell him for, you know, if you can, like I said, if you can take him and someone and go get yourself a Lamar Jackson, I would make that kind of move. But um, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna just move off of Joe Burrow for, you know, other assets, I don't think it's necessarily worth it because these kind of games are um, in the books for him. But I I kind of see Joe Burrow the same way we did coming into the season. Um, I just felt like the industry as a whole was a little too high on him, and um, you know. He's going to have games like he did last weekend. He's going to have games like he had to start the season. So he's just kind of up and down a little bit. Um, again, like I said, hold hold if you have them. But if you can sell them and, and trade up for a Lamar Jackson or someone like that, I would do so. But, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think hold for most players at this point. And a couple running backs I want to get your temperature on as well, starting out with Travis Etienne. There's been a lot of discussion around this name this week. Uh, he could be emerging as the guy in Jacksonville. He's had two straight weeks, over 100 total yards. Really has not seen his workload expanded to the degree that he would need to to be you know, a consistent, confident RB1 or RB2 in your lineup. But you know, if he keeps running the way he has, I imagine that Jacksonville will expand his role as the year goes on. Just kind of what you believe about him as a player and maybe this Jacksonville coaching staff as a whole. Um, I think he's probably in the hold category if I had to put him in one. I might even put him in the sell category if uh, if I had to lean one way or another. I could see this breakout coming, but at the same time, you know, I don't think James Robinson's going away. I think it'll probably take an injury to Robinson for ETN to realize his full potential. Yeah, I think I, I was leaning sell as well. Um uh, you know, hold if you have him, you're most likely holding him just because his value isn't extremely high. But if you have someone that believes ETN is going to be the guy rest of the season, and you can go get yourself a, a good wide receiver or something like that, I, I would 100% do it. Um, like you said, it seems like the team may start leaning a little bit more ETN, but unless Robinson gets hurt, I don't think they're just going to completely take Robinson out of the picture. Um, so I think that just ultimately kind of caps ETN ceiling. So if you have them, um, I see uh, you made a trade involving ETN that I thought you kind of got the better side of, um, you know, especially for the format of our league. And uh, if you can kind of make a trade like that to where you're selling on his potential, I, I like that a lot because we haven't really seen anything that, that makes you think he's going to be extremely relevant for fantasy except for a little bit of an uptick in usage. Yeah, I really liked what I've seen with the ball in his hands, but like you said, I think unless he's getting more than uh, 12 to 15 touches a week, it's going to be really hard for him to be consistent uh, as a fantasy producer. If you're an ATN owner, I think the one other X factor that could come into play here is if Jacksonville's ever to expand his receiving role a little bit. I've been disappointed with his target volume so far this year. I don't really see him as a volume rusher. He's a little bit more of a slight guy. I'd like to see them get him in space uh, with the you know with the receiving game a little more often than they have so far. So if they ever do that, that might unlock his potential a little bit. But yeah, I think it's going to take a James Robinson injury for you to be comfortable as uh, with him as your RB two every single week. This next yeah. guy, I think, is uh, someone that we should be talking about here in this segment. Uh, I just think he is somebody you can kind of take advantage of right now. That's Ramondre Stevenson. He should see a massive workload until Harris and or Ty Montgomery comes back. I feel like a lot of people have forgotten that Ty Montgomery was so inv- was very involved in this offense early in the year and should be back sooner rather than later. Uh, I think you know you can kind of see this a couple ways. Uh, Stevenson's looked really good while he's been the lead guy. Could he maybe carve out uh, you know the role as the lead guy even when Harris and Montgomery comes back? Sure. 
but that's not really what we've seen from the Patriots in years past, even when guys have impressed in short stints. So I would kind of expect Stevenson to sort of go back to the role that he had at the beginning of the year once these guys are healthy, and you might be able to capitalize on his value right now and get yourself an asset that's going to be you know playable every week the rest of the year. Yeah, I I agree with you. My my only caveat is with you know the bye week starting and the running back position just being at a premium. Um, he he's a locked and loaded RB one until Harris comes back, and you should be using that as leverage in your trades. So, you know, if someone's going to come, you know, try and get Ramondre from you, and they're kind of just offering you, you know, a player you're not super comfortable with. I think you just have a lot of ammo in that trade involving Ramondre Stevenson to be able to go out there and probably get a player that you you would never have thought you'd be able to get for Ramondre Stevenson. So um, I, I actually like that play a lot. Once even if he's the the RB one, once Harrison Montgomery comes back, you know he's still just going to be a flex level player. I I don't think he's going to be able to get enough workload in that kind of three-headed monster the Patriots always run to be able to be extremely fantasy relevant. So if you can capitalize, I would absolutely do so. Yeah, you might want to go knock on the Aaron Jones manager's door, see how they're feeling about him. If you could somehow turn Stevenson and maybe uh, another smaller piece into Aaron Jones, I think that would be a good move. And then this one may be a little more controversial, but I think you could maybe do this straight up, turning Ramondre Stevenson into Ezekiel Elliott. He's been a little disappointing so far this year, and he has a fantastic schedule coming up the next uh, couple weeks here. So he'll be able to help you in the short term, and his role is not going to go away. Uh, once Dak comes back, it could be even better for him. So I think that would be someone you could uh, turn Ramondre Stevenson into. That will be a season-long asset for you. Yeah, that's a good that's a good name to throw out there. I definitely think you could get Zeke for Ramondre straight up, or if someone wants you to add anybody else to that deal, it's going to be someone that you're on the verge of dropping anyway. Yeah, I mean they're they're pretty close to equal assets. So. You shouldn't have to give. Yeah, up that's much that's a good move uh, beyond Stevenson in that trade to to get Zeke. I think that should be close to one for one uh, to to have fair value there. This, uh, this next one, uh, we're going to go to the wide receivers here. This next one, I think we have a little bit of a disagreement about. I think this is just kind of more what you believe about this player as a whole than it is necessarily um, you know, his role in the offense. But that's DeAndre Hopkins. He's uh, coming off of his six-game suspension, obviously coming into a role that looks pretty guaranteed right now, especially with Marquise Brown uh, out of the lineup for an extended period. Looks like he's going to be the clear, unquestioned number one here in Arizona. Uh, he... The other way that you could look at this is that he really was not the target hog that he had been in years past last year. He's 30 years old. He's coming off a PED suspension, whether you believe that, you know, he was taking those on purpose, that he needed that to sort of get back to his pre-2021 uh, pre self, who knows. But I think you might be able to capitalize on him right now. Uh, there's a chance that his value is at its peak currently, so... I think if you could sell DeAndre Hopkins for an asset that is a little bit more guaranteed the rest of the year, I would go ahead and do it. Uh, Cody, go ahead and give me the uh, the other side of this. Yeah, I just I I do want to say you have a good point on his va his value may not be higher than it is right now because Marquise Brown obviously uh, going to be out for basically the rest of the fantasy season for this year and um you know you can kind of just sell it as deandre hopkins is coming right back into his wide receiver one role as if they didn't even make any offseason moves for another good wide receiver so 
Um, if you can kind of spin that trade and, and use that as to your leverage and get someone that I would consider, you know, better than Hopkins, I, I think that's a good move. But I don't agree with him because of everything I just said pretty much. He's coming right back into his wide receiver one role, um, and basically their trade for Marquise Brown is going to get nixed for Hopkins' season. So um, he did struggle last year, but it, he also had you know injuries linging, lingering for pretty much the entire season. This is, What I love about Hopkins is he's not coming back from an injury, so you don't have to worry about him having a slow start. He's coming back completely healthy, probably the healthiest he's been playing football in years. So... I, I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins. If you can get him at a reasonable price, I'd even consider him a buy. But I'd imagine if you held on to him for six weeks and you're finally going to get him as that wide receiver one in this offense, you are, you're not going to be trading him for anything less than uh, you know a wide receiver one or high-end wide receiver two. So um, I, I, he's a hold for me, but if you can go out there and get him, I, I would recommend doing so. I think he is a, uh, he's a league winner for people that drafted and held on to him. Yeah, I have a league that I've been holding on to him, and I, I hope you're right, Cody, but uh, part of me is, you know, I've sent out a couple trade offers this week uh, with them involved, I'll be honest. I, I'm just not sure what to expect. What are you... What are you looking to get from him? Like, what kind of, what's your well, trade off for this? So, the league that out? I have him in is a little bit of a shallow league. So, I'm probably going to try to package him with another, high, you know, mid tier wide receiver two type and just go get somebody a little more secure. Uh, like, one example of a trade I've sent out in this league is uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Cortland Sutton for CeeDee Lamb. So, I'm kind of trying to condense my assets in that league into uh, some more high profile guys. And again, I, I think there's a chance DeAndre comes out and just is kind of the guy he was last year, gets seven or eight targets, and is kind of an inconsistent guy that you're going to need a touchdown from week to week. But like you said, there's also a chance he comes back and he just is a target hog in this offense because they're a little dysfunctional right now, and they really need someone to step into that wide receiver one role, and you know he could be a 10-plus target a game guy. I just don't really know. That's, that's why I want to capitalize on the value while it's there. Yeah, this team and the offense for this team is my biggest concern for Hopkins because they just look terrible. But we'll get more into that when we get to talk about them for Thursday night football, I guess. Yeah, you're right. There is a, a more extended conversation coming with Arizona. Uh, Debo Samuels, the next guy I want to talk about. I feel like we really have not discussed him that much on the show. He's just kind of been, you know, he hasn't really dudded any weeks and he hasn't really boomed to a significant degree any weeks either so he hasn't come up uh, in discussions as far as you know being bad or being super good uh, yet this year he's uh, I think he's wide receiver 11 on the year in half PPR formats and that's probably about what you expected maybe a little less uh, based on last year but I think that's probably right about where he was being drafted so I wouldn't call him a disappointment yet this year but you could kind of make the case either way here for Debo Samuel in my mind. You know, the rushing involvement hasn't really been there, so his floor has been a little lower than it was last year uh, and hasn't necessarily been the target hog in the passing game uh, compared to Ayuk and Kittle that you might expect him to be. But at the same time, this is Debo Samuel. We saw him be the wide receiver two overall last year, and most years would have been the wide receiver one uh, if not for Cooper Cup's historic season. So uh, I think you can go either way here with Samuel, and I'm going to bet on the talent of the player. If you can get him, uh, like I said, I think I would make that same trade that I just suggested for DeAndre Hopkins before. If you could maybe package a couple wide receiver two types and go get you know him as your wide receiver one, I would be you know trying to do that. I just, I just believe in him as a player. I think some boom games are coming for Debo Samuel, and once they do, you're going to have a lot uh, tougher time you know, getting him off that, that manager's team. 
Yep, I, I completely agree. Go get Debo Samuel. Um, he's this offense is just kind of stagnant, um, and I think that's a lot has a lot to do with Debo just not really having any of his boom games yet. He hasn't really taken any long runs or uh, screen passes to the end zone, which you know those kind of plays for fantasy are huge. So uh, hasn't been doing that a lot, and you can kind of see that in San Francisco's offense. So I feel like they kind of need him uh, to be a little bit more explosive and dynamic. And I think they're going to work to get him more involved. So I'm 100% on your side. Go get Debo. I just have a couple names I'm going to throw out there uh, just to kind of completely gauge where you're at. Would you rather have either of the Tampa Bay wide receivers, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or uh, Debo Samuel? Give me Debo. I completely agree with you there. C.D. Lamb or Debo Samuel? That one is very close. Uh, I I, I like both of them a lot. I would call them both top 10 wide receivers moving forward. Uh, I, I guess I'll go Debo, uh, but not a strong lean whatsoever. I think I would basically throw both of them. I may even go CD in full PPR. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't disagree with somebody that went CD. And like I said, I think I'd rather have them back-to-back in season-long rankings moving forward. So not a strong lean either way. I like both players. Yep, I, I agree. And then one more um, that I think is kind of a, an ultimate test, Debo Samuel or Devontae Adams rest of season. Oh, wow. Uh, I think you have to go Devonte just based on the target share yep. he's had so far this year uh the suspend the the coming suspension worries me a little bit but shouldn't be longer than one game with Devonte there so i just like the uh the way the raiders have used him so far in the offense um but again i think that's another guy that would probably only be a spot or two ahead of devo in a season-long ranking so i like both guys they're yep. both wide receiver ones for me moving forward yeah for sure cool and then uh, on the tight end side, it's Kyle Pitts. Uh, he's coming off the touchdown. I think you might be able to sell somebody on 70 cents on the dollar from uh, his draft day value. And uh, I, I think I might be taking that, to be honest with you, Cody. I, I put him in the sell category. I just don't love this Atlanta offense for the pass catchers right now. Uh, they threw 14 times last week, and they've been averaging under 20 throws for about a month now. This uh, Arthur Smith-led offense just really wants to establish it, and until, you know, even if they go down multiple scores, it seems like they, you know, don't give up on that strategy throughout the game. I I love the player Kyle Pitts, but the way this Atlanta offense is operating is really just going to cap his upside, and like I said, if you can get someone to bet on his potential and, you know, maybe a little bit coming off that touchdown from last week, I would probably do it. Uh, maybe if you could trade Kyle Pitts and go get a, a Dallas Goddard coming off a bad week, uh, I think I would probably try to make that move. I don't know about you, but that's where I am with Pitts. Oh, I would I would make that move 100 times out of 100 times. If you could go get Dallas Goddard for sure. Um, with Kyle Pitts, I feel like I, I agree with trying to sell him just in general because you could sell him off of the touchdown last week, even though he did only have three targets, which, which kind of just hurts him in general. But the tight end position's thin. Um, but you can also just sell him on you know draft hype still to certain players in fantasy right. football. There's still going to be certain people out there that that think what what could have been with Kyle Pitts. And those are the people I think you got to try and target with this trade. So... I agree to try and sell him. I think it'll be hard because you kind of got to find someone who has a, a bad tight end spot that still believes in Kyle Pitts and has enough assets that they're willing to give you something back for Kyle Pitts. So I feel like it's a difficult trade to find. But if you're the Pitts owner, you got to be trying to make a trade with them because you don't want that guy sitting on your roster all season long. And if you can get 70, 75 cents on the dollar for him, I would 100% do that. And then just move into the streamer and, 
it's already too late. He's probably been picked up in your league, but like a Robert Tanyan or someone like that. I mean, they've been pretty much just as productive as Pitts. So, again, if you can sell him 70, 75 cents on the dollar, I think that's the right move. And, Cody, I'm going to throw a wild card at you here. That was a good transition that you just made there uh, to Robert Tanyan. Uh, I kind of want to get your temperature on him. Coming off 12 targets last week, Randall Cobb uh, is going to be out multiple weeks with a high ankle sprain as well. That could help him in the, uh, the short area targets where he thrives. Do you, would you be on the side of buying Robert Tanyan, or would you be trying to sell him based on his big week last week and maybe just uh, you know trying to sell the expanded role there for, for Robert Tanyan? Yeah, I, I think you can do a good job of trying to sell it, but it's always hard with tight ends just off a one-week basis because that would be, you know, trying to sell someone on Mike Kosecki, um, which, you know, had a good week last week. So I think that's always a hard argument to have. My argument for Tanyan would be um, obviously Randall Cobb is going to miss, so there's going to be opportunities there. Um, Aaron Rodgers targets the guys that he knows. As long as he knows where you're going to be, you're going to get targets. So I feel like he has a little bit of an advantage there over some of the younger guys. But if you just get 50% of Tanyan, which would have been five catches for, I believe, 35 or 45 yards, um, you're you're still okay with the tight end position. So I don't mind going, you know, if you went and go picked him up off of waivers, if you're streaming it, I think he's a good option there. Am I giving up an asset to go get Robert Tanyan? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to move into that, you know, top six or top eight tight ends that, you know, I'm starting on a weekly basis no matter what. Fair enough. I figured I would ask the, the resident Tanyan fan in the room what he was thinking about him just because I figured you'd be on the positive side if anybody was to be. But I kind of agree with you. I, th- I think he's a, a high-end streamer, but not quite in that you know solidified starting category quite yet. Um, yeah. So that was buy or sell. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move into the Thursday night football preview now. Starting off with our best bets for the evening, uh, I have a couple pretty interesting ones here that I, I kind of like the the lines on. I like these I like these bets a little bit more than I have the past few weeks with these low over under games. It's a little harder to find bets uh, in those atmospheres. But Alvin Kamara over four and a half receptions is at plus one fifteen. Kind of hard to believe for me. He's had fifteen targets the past two weeks and twelve catches. Uh, six in each game. Uh, both games have been without Michael Thomas, which you would expect them to be without Michael Thomas again in this one. Uh, assuming that's the case, I think I would pivot off of this if Thomas is in, but you're getting plus money. Uh, you only need to get to five catches for Camara. That's very doable in this offense right now uh, with the way they're operating. Um, and I, you know, I just I just like the volume he's getting, and I, I don't, they don't really have a lot in the way of receiving options other than Chris Olave right now. So I think you can be pretty comfortable in Alvin Kamara's role in the passing game here. Yeah, I think that's a good bet. Um, do you know, is it Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston getting the start this week? I, said I think it's pretty up in the air. I think Winston is the guy I would bet on playing right now, but I, I don't change my opinion okay. one way or another too much either way, to be honest with you. Okay, I think I would just a little bit if they went Jameis, just because I don't think he's dumping it down as much as Andy Dalton would. Um in, in some situations. So if Andy Dalton's there, I, I would lock in over four and a half. If Jameis is there, I'd have a little bit of hesitation. But, um, I again, I agree. His his receiving work is solidified. So even with Jameis, he should still be, um, you know, close to breaking five receptions. That's fair. I just don't know if Jameis is going to have much of a choice, to be honest with you, with uh, with no Thomas That's and true. No, no Landry most likely as well. So 
the next one here, I, I like this number. This is probably my favorite bet uh, of the group here. That's Zach Ertz to score the first touchdown at plus 1,300. He had, uh, you know, his odds are pretty much the longest out of any of the, the options here for either team as far as, uh, you know, he's longer than Kamara, he's longer than Hopkins, he's longer than Alave, he's longer than uh, a few of the other guys, uh, you know, Taysom Hill. Uh, so I was a little surprised to see him down this low. He's seventh in the entire NFL with 11 red zone targets. This is, uh, I think he's as good as bet. He's, he's as good of a bet to score the first touchdown as basically anybody in this game, and you're getting him at uh, pretty pretty significantly longer odds than uh, most of the other options here. So plus 1300 on Zach Ertz to score the first touchdown. I like it. Yeah, I think this is a good one. Uh, we we kind of hit on the first touchdown bets last last week on our Thursday night pod. I always think these are fun, especially for games that you don't know how uh, high scoring or exciting they'll be in total. So it's always fun just to kind of lock in until that first touchdown happens. And um, yeah, plus thirteen hundred on Zach Ertz. I don't mind that at all because. He has not been as involved in this Arizona offense as he should be, and I think that he may be a key to kind of unlocking some of their struggles as, as well as Hopkins coming back. So I think I think Ertz is a great play. Honestly, I think it, in this game, just the longest odds that you could get for a player that you know is going to be on the field is is great because besides Kamara, there's no one else that I'd be like confident in like he's going to score a touchdown this game. So if you can get better odds with Ertz, I, I like that. And then this last one's pretty simple, but uh, I like it quite a bit. That's New Orleans plus one and a half, uh, parlayed with the under. That uh, is 44 and a half right now. You get plus 233 on that one. Uh, I just think New Orleans is a better team than Arizona, frankly. And I don't see Arizona being able to put up a prolific game against this Saints defense. And again, with, with either a banged up Winston or Dalton under center, I don't know if I see the Saints offense going crazy either. So I would probably bet the under in this game in general, 44 and a half is a little bit too high if I had to say uh, in this one. So I like New Orleans plus one and a half and the under in this game. Yep, yeah, I, I love the under for sure. And then on the line, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't really, I mean, I could see New Orleans just winning outright, so I'm just going to take them in the points, but um, we'll see what D-Hop does to that Arizona offense. He's going to have to do a lot to make them look good, but um, I'm with you there, absolutely. New Orleans plus the points is the right side, and then just the unders on primetime right now are hitting left and right, and the unders for both of these teams are have been typically hitting as well this season, So especially the Cardinals. And they, they're the offense that I would be worried about putting up, you know, having an explosive game with Kyler at quarterback, but they just haven't been able to this year. So um, I've actually already taken it at plus 233. I think this is a really good parlay this week. Yeah, the unders went 10-4 and four last week, uh, for those of you who are uh, counting on the betting side there. So that's uh, not a bad not a bad bet to make, especially in prime time. It doesn't seem like they've fully adjusted to the, uh, the lower scoring in the NFL so far this year. Uh, but moving on to the actual game preview here, New Orleans at Arizona, as we've already said, Arizona favored by one and a half in this one over under 44 and a half. Uh, starting on the New Orleans side, it's uh, going to be Winston or Dalton. Uh, both of these guys are really only options in two QB leagues. Uh, if Winston's in there and you're desperate at the quarterback position, maybe uh, your league is one of those leagues that 
everybody has a backup rostered and you either have, you know, Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen or Kirk Cousins, you can go ahead and throw Winston in there. Uh, this Arizona defense doesn't really scare me, but I would hope you have another option in a one quarterback situation uh, other than these two guys. They Neither one of them really changes my opinion on the rest of the options, which I think is the more important point here. Alvin Kamara obviously is a start. Chris Olave is obviously a start. I'm locking him in there no matter who's the quarterback. Uh, he's looked incredible, and again, he will kind of be the only real pass-catching threat in this game for New Orleans, so he's an absolute locked and loaded play uh, while Thomas and Landry are out, and probably even after that. Uh, the only guy that I think is a discussion on the New Orleans side is Taysom Hill. I, I really think he is kind of what we expected him to be going into last week. He's just a boomer bust tight end option uh, as a streamer. You're really just hoping he scores a touchdown. Uh, but honestly, that's kind of what most of the tight end landscape is anyway. So I don't hate him. I think he's probably in the low end starting category. And again, you're just kind of hoping he gets into the end zone. And he has probably a better shot to do that than most of the other streaming tight ends do. Yep, I agree with you. Um, I have him as my tight end seven on the week, and I think that the the guys above him have kind of classified themselves as weekly starters: Kelsey, Andrew, Ertz, Kittle, Njoku, and Pitts. So, um, oh, and actually, I don't have Goddard in there. Are the Eagles? The Eagles aren't on yeah, by. Goddard are would by. also. Eagles are on by. They are on by. Okay, that's right. I was like, whoa, how did I? How did I forget about him when I was making my list? Okay, so that makes sense. Um, but. You know, like Robert Tanyan um, and, you know, a couple of the guys like Gusecki that got in the end zone last week and had good games. I just – I feel like the, any of them could potentially put up a zero for you. Taysom's not going to do that. And with their with this offense being so uh, – just needing playmakers on the offensive side, he just kind of adds a little bit of an element that a lot of teams aren't prepared for. And he just finds his way into the end zone. So if if he's still available in your league and your tight end's on a bye this week or um, you picked him up, I think you could still feel comfortable playing playing him. He would be like my last tight end that I'd have as a, as a locked-in starter for this week. I think I would throw Waller above him as well, but we don't know what his uh, status is with that hamstring injury right now. So you can't be guaranteed he's going to play. If you have Waller and you're not sure, I'd probably start Hill uh, this Thursday just to you know, have a decent option there. Uh, with Darren Waller being uncertain going into this week. Um, on the Arizona side, uh, Kyler Murray is in that back-end QB1 discussion. He uh, hopefully will continue running the way he did last week against Seattle. Did not really put up the, the fantasy output, we hoped, against that weak defense. But if he's going to run for you know 100 yards each week, it's going to be hard for him to have uh, you know a bad fantasy week. But I think D-Hop coming back should help him in the touchdown department and hopefully helps stabilize this wide receiver core in general. I think Kyler Murray is a fine starter. If he's your guy, I'm not necessarily, you know, there's no way I'm straying over him, and you don't have to be trying to find a different starter moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Kyler is if you did draft him, you can't trade him away because his value is lower than what you paid him paid up for during yeah. the draft. and. We're far enough in you shouldn't use the draft, but there's no streamer you're going to go out there and go start over Kyler or anything like that. So you're just hoping that D-Hop coming back will help stabilize the receiving room. Hopefully Kyler gets a few more touchdown throws um, on a weekly basis. And then, yeah, if he, I mean, even if he just runs for, you know, 50, 60 yards a game, that he, he becomes, you know, 
a potential cheat code at quarterback. It's just the passing part of their offense is dreadful right now. So um, hopefully D-Hop can kind of reestablish himself and help turn that around. But I, I, as someone who has Kyler Murray, it's it's tough to watch, um, especially the first half of games because you would think the first half that's supposed to be scripted, you're supposed to look uh, like a good team, and the Cardinals just do not do that whatsoever. Yeah, we're hoping the Cardinals offense as a whole can uh, get a little bit more on track as the year uh, goes on here. But against New Orleans, that's going to be a tough, uh, a tough thing to do. They have a pretty solid defense in the running back room for, for Arizona. Sure. I think it's Eno Benjamin. Uh, you're still looking at him as a low end RB two option. Uh, that's more uh, that says more about the RB landscape than it does about Eno Benjamin. He's not necessarily an exciting play. He just had an absolute dud against a weak Seattle defense. But he did get the opportunity. I believe he had three targets and 15 carries in that one. So it's really hard to overlook somebody getting that much work. Hopefully he finds his way into the end zone or just uh, finds his way into a slightly better game than he had uh, last week. But you're starting Eno Benjamin if you have him and you're a Connor owner and you don't have other options on with a few good teams on by this week. But I'm not very excited about it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think his ceiling is a mid-tier wide receiver, or running back too, and then his floor, as we saw last week, is a dud. So he's kind of a boom-bust option, but like you said, with the the way the running back landscape looks and um, you know a couple of them being on bye this week, he's, he's probably going to have to be played as a running back. So, um, yeah, I, confidence level, probably uh, 4 out of 10 on Eno Benjamin having a solid week, but... Again, just the way the wide receiver, or I keep saying wide receivers, the way the running back landscape is, uh, you're, you're going to have to put him in your lineup most likely if you paid up for him, um, you know, two weeks ago. So not not confident, but he, he should be rostered and played this week for sure. And the wide receivers are a little bit more of an interesting discussion for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that's DeAndre Hopkins and Robbie Anderson. I think Hopkins you can pretty much play uh, right off the bat here. He should be heavily involved. It's not like he's coming off an injury. It was a suspension, so he should be in football shape and absolutely ready to go in this one. I've heard talk of him being on a snap count. I really don't understand why that would be the case. Uh, I, I don't see any reason to say that he shouldn't be or he should be in tip top shape. He should be healthier than his other teammates. He hasn't been playing football uh, to this point in the year. So I would hope that DeAndre is, you know, a full time player and he's going to be really, really necessary to this offense uh, pretty much immediately. So hopefully Hopkins is ready to go. And if you need to start him, I'd go ahead and fire him up. I think he's going to get, you know, I think there's going to be a. Uh, I think they're going to try to get him a target in the end zone in this game, just you know, just because he's coming back, he's a veteran on the team. I, I think they'd want to show some confidence in him. Hopefully, he scores a touchdown. Say, and he catches a lot of touch, a lot of touchdowns in general. So yeah, I could see them definitely scheming up a couple red zone plays for him. And then Robbie Anderson's kind of interesting. Obviously, we're not considering starting him. The team just acquired him, uh, I believe, three four days ago at this point. So. We're not looking at him as a startable option, but I think he's an interesting stash. If he ends up filling this uh, Marquise Brown role, or at least the role they envision for envision for Marquise Brown once uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes back, I think there might be some value in that. Kyler has not been playing so well so far this year, but traditionally he throws a very good deep ball, and that is uh, the game you'd expect Robbie Anderson to be playing in this offense. So I think in deeper leagues he's definitely worth a stash, but uh, definitely not someone we're worth considering uh, in lineups this week. 
Yeah, I don't mind adding Robbie Anderson, but yeah, you can't start him for sure. Do you think uh, Robbie Anderson could be more valuable than Rondale Moore, or do you see those two kind of being equal behind DeAndre Hopkins, or how do you see the the wide receiver room for this team kind of shaking out? I think uh, Rondale definitely. If you had to, if I had to bet the rest of the year, what uh, guys would be valuable in this wide receiver room? You know, I would say it's Hopkins, then it's Rondale, then it's Anderson uh, in that order, but. I think Anderson definitely has a higher ceiling than Rondale Moore does. Rondale Moore pretty much just a, you know, he's going to get his six to eight targets, but they're going to be within five to ten yards of the line of scrimmage. And the yep. upside just is not quite the same as Anderson's is getting targets uh, much farther down the field. So Rondale Moore, I'm glad you brought him up. He's also an option in this one in a deeper PPR format, but that's pretty oh, yeah. much it. He, he doesn't have a ton of upside. So Robbie Anderson would be the guy I'm a little bit more interested in stashing and hoping that, you know, he carves out a, a significant role in this offense. Nice. And uh, on the tight end side, we've already talked about Zach Ertz. He's going to be heavily targeted, and he's a big part of this offense right now. Again, uh, leads the team in red zone targets and is pretty high in that category in the entire NFL. So I think Ertz is a locked and loaded tight end play each week. And, you know, you can confidently start him as much as you can confidently start any tight end uh, in, you know, in your tight end spot this week. Yeah, he's a locked and loaded starter for sure. And he will uh, be scoring the first touchdown. So might as well just lock him in there and get those touchdown points as well. So you heard it here first. <laughs> lock in the bed and and the uh, and in the fantasy lineup. But yeah, for sure, Zach Ertz is a uh, locked and loaded weekly starter at the tight end position. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap up Thursday night football here for us. Hopefully, when we are uh, talking on Thursday night or Friday morning, we are. Uh, recapping the first exciting Thursday night football game we've had in almost a month. So we will uh, we will see how it plays out. Yeah, I think everybody hopes so, especially Jeff Bezos at this point. <laughs> they, that, that acquisition's looking a little rough right now. <laughs> when yes, you're, I think uh, was it you? I, yeah, you told me like the if you combine the two scores from the last two Thursday night football games, you get like a, a decent football game. Is the combined score from the last two weeks? Yeah, not not yeah. ideal at all. Well, absolutely. Well, Nick, uh, I'm gonna go ahead. Let's head out of here. We will, uh, like I said, reconvene on Thursday night, Friday. Talk about week seven, and uh, hopefully everyone wins some bets Thursday night, and your fantasy fantasy week gets off to a hot start. Yeah. Peace out, guys. We will talk to you soon. Yep. Peace out, everybody.